Hey, yo, Peter. Yo, what's up, Adam? At this time, we ask you to please stand and remove your caps. Really? For the anthem of the podcast. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice. Coming at ya. Coming at you. This is an open studio podcast. Go to openstudiojazz.com for more information. Uh, Peter, we got a lot to cover today. Yes. In the uh, jazz piano world. A lot this going is our, on. This is um, Potpourri Tuesday. Potpourri's. <laughs> Potpourri Tuesday. Um, or whenever this is hitting you up in your eardrums, dear listeners. That's right. Hey, thank you guys. Oh, you know what? We forgot to remind folks in the last episode, mm-hmm. but we're going to do that at the end of this episode. Gentlemen's I got agreement? Some, yeah. <laughs> gentlemen and ladies agreement. Okay. I had I had some requests that we extended to a gentleman and ladies agreement. So we're going to talk about that at the end. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We have a some exciting news. We're also going to talk a little bit about Mono Neon's amazing national anthem. Yes. And we've got a little bit of advice from... Roy Hargrove, uh, that has been kicking its way around the internet, but we'll start value here. Bomb. Value bomb, uh, <laughs> hello. We're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with vibes and not the oh, good kind, not the good kind. We're start with <laughs> vibing, Peter. What right. do you know about vibing? You ever get vibed? Have you ever been I've, vibed in your oh career? Oh my gosh, I've gotten vibed a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, not as much at the piano. In my, I, I continue to get vibed in different situations. Yeah, let's talk about vibing a little yeah. bit, like. Uh, first of all, we should set up what vibing is because there's probably a lot of people listening that don't know what vibing is. They probably experienced it, but they don't know what it's called. Is it somewhat, uh, does it, uh, is the origins of the term in the jazz community even? Is this something that's commonly known? Do you know producer Caleb? Is this something that the, 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 well, no, I mean like if we were to go out on the street now and say, Hey man, stop vibing me. Would they look at us funny? Would they understand what we're saying? I've heard that the word vibe is out. The word vibe is out. Okay. Well, they'll be, that's, a, that's one thing about these jazz terms, like the cats. My kids, I don't know if your kids ever say this. They always thought it was funny when they were younger, and they'd hear me talking about the cats. They were like, oh, that's so funny, because yeah. no one else talks about the cats. What's up, cats? And they're like, certain yeah. people you're on the phone with, I can tell it's one of your jazz friends. I was like, I don't have anything with jazz friends. That's all I care about, of course. They're like, I could tell it was a jazz friend, because you were talking about the cats. The cats. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was vibing is sort of like that. Vibing. So the word vibing is out, just in general, or Caleb, in the music community? <laughs> Caleb's, in case they can't hear what he's saying. Yeah, someone vibed you for using the word. <laughs> so, producer Caleb, in case you can't hear what he just said, he said, uh, some, we got to get a mic back on. Was it, yeah, no, this? we got to get a Caleb mic. Come so, on, we Caleb were, mic. so you, just for the context, the context was you were like, hey, this is a really good vibe or something. <laughs> I was like, the vibe on this thing. And the, Okay, so he said, the vibe on this thing, he was just using, Caleb was just using it casually, and they're like, oh, vibe, Are you really? Are you going to be that guy saying vibe? What is this, 2019 or something? Yeah. Did you slap him, hopefully, right after that? I don't know. It's, I think it's got some um, connections with astrology. Oh, connections with astrology. Oh, interesting. We do want to avoid okay. that. No, no, yeah. no, no. Well, we're going to use In that case, it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's fine. Well, the <laughs> thing is, like, I do feel like it's always been something interesting. We haven't talked, talk, we've talked, hit it a little bit on the pod, but not enough. And that is, you know, phraseology and little terms that have originated in the jazz world There's a for lot. many years. There's a yeah, lot. It's kind of yeah, yeah. cool. It is. Actually. That's one of them. <laughs> That's kind of, it's kind of hip. It's kind of dope. All of And it. we love dope. Um, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Uh, that got vibey. <laughs> no, so we should, we should make a, a line in the sand here. So there's things like, Ooh. oh, that's got a vibe. Yes. And then there's like that that 
that guy was vibing me. Those two are yeah. kind of different, although we're talking about vibrations here, right? Yes. And kind of the feeling of something is really what it is. But the- It gets really confusing when we talk about vibing the vibraphonist. That is- weird. Yeah, then there's vibes, which is an <laughs> instrument, which <laughs> yeah. is also a different thing. Yeah. But to be vibed or to vibe usually happens in the context of- a playing situation yes. where you're playing with someone who you probably don't know very well. Right. And you don't deserve to be there. No, that's no, not no, true. no. This is, it's most common at jam sessions. Yeah. And that's, uh, that would be your classic vibing situation. That would be the classic vibing scenario is here's, here's, let me, let me paint the picture. Paint the so picture. Classic vibing scenario is you go to a jam session. Yep. You are new to uh, maybe a beginner or intermediate player. You're a little nervous. You go sit in with more experienced musicians. Yep. You maybe you're not sounding your best right? And because you're nervous or yep. because maybe you're just not at their level yet. Yep. And they give you sort of a like cold shoulder or a you don't deserve to be here kind of energy. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even straight up say like, you know, stop playing, right. which has happened. Uh, and that is traditionally vibing. Yeah. Or they'll even like, <laughs> I'm not going to name names because we're friends now. But when I was a kid, I went to the jam session up the street here at Sprules. Uh -huh. I was 15 years old. Yeah, you got vibed. You got no business sitting in with <laughs> Willie Akins. But I went and sit in with Willie Akins and his pianist at the time played right after me and just stared at me the whole time. Just vibing. Like vibing me like crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm just remembering back. I'm kind of like, oh, I've never been part of vibing, but I think I have. Like you will hear terms or you used to back when this was legal of like, um, man, this dude came in there and he was just sad and was all, well, did you vibe him? Oh, yeah. I vibed him. Oh, it was, yeah, no, this was like a, it was like a, um, it was a rite of passage. Well, it was a, it was a tool used for sort of policing. <laughs> no, 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 no. So let's talk about this because this is important. The like, jazz police or a different kind of police? No, this is definitely jazz police. Okay. This is definitely jazz police. But it was a tool used to sort of like quality check yeah. what was happening. And like to vibe someone was to actually like um, consider it a defense of the music. Of right. like this person needs to know that what they're doing is not right. right. So it's interesting because we're talking about this because I've been seeing more and more like vibe free jam sessions yeah now that's a term i did not hear until about an hour ago yeah so i've been seeing this more and more especially for like gen z players who are doing their own thing and these are like jam sessions all around you know the country even in new york city mm. there'll be a vibe free jam session where we're not going to vibe it's going to be very positive and i think it's interesting so like your knee jerk right is like oh man that's not that's <laughs> bs or whatever or it's soft or whatever Or you need maybe even you need some vibes in order to well be self-correcting but right? that's that's what i'm thinking is do you now right mm. because like so before the only way that people would learn how to get good at this is to just go and play and the only feedback you got was from the people you were playing with at like a jam session or whatever yeah. and so vibing was like a, ne a, nece a necessary part of the process of getting better process of teaching the music but now there's so many ways to teach the music and there's so many ways to learn the music yeah that vibing might not be as relevant is vibing relevant when people can learn how to play in all these different ways and is it you know a, a mentally healthy right i, I don't know I, in this context i don't know if it's necessary i'm sure we're going to get pushed back of course it's necessary i'm sure going to get people that say like it's absolutely not necessary yeah. and and why would we ever do that to ourselves i think it was at a certain point just part of the process of doing this, and I, I, I both 
am terrified of those days from yeah. when I would get vibed and and fond of them. Right. And then whatever also, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. Is there an element of that? And I also understand why it's you know with things like YouTube and uh, you know conservatories and loads of jazz programs, even in middle school and high school. Why it's like, do we really need to teach people by like shaming them? Essentially? Right, you right. Know? Well, and I would just, I, w- I would not even push back, but I do want to make like a little bit of a, um, a marker between different kinds of vibing. Like there's a vibing, which I've always, has always chafed me and irked me, which is vibing, shaped. vibing somebody that I think there are some situations where if somebody's not playing at the level they should be for where they are and they should know better that they can be vibe, but where it's not, what I don't like it is when it's somebody that's young or old or is the only female on stage or is part like of a different, like is not necessarily coming in with a full understanding or like part of the club. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I hate it when there's like vibing because you're not part of the club. Like a little bit of, of, it's almost like positive feedback versus negative feedback right Carrot versus stick yeah yeah totally. and, I, and i think that when people use that to be like oh you're not in the club you're not good enough to be here there there I, I believe in both it's like i do believe that there's a certain level and you should respect the bandstand and stuff yeah but i think that the human element is more important and not everybody comes with this kind of understanding and then also if you vibe somebody like let's say that you had a gig and you're going to invite some people to sit in and everybody that you had on the gig like is a you know a pro player and they come in and like the bass player comes in unprepared or yeah or drunk no, that, that's or, that's definitely grounds for vibing. That's grounds if, for if vibing. If you're all peers and you're all working towards the goal and someone isn't doing the, the work right. that everybody else is doing to try to make this good and is bringing, honestly, the vibe down and right. the vibe, not vibes, but like the the, the energy of the music and, yeah. and not respecting the music in the band and everybody's It's a different time. level of expectation for yeah, them, right? Totally. But then vibing somebody, is totally appropriate. But somebody yeah. comes to sit in and they just don't, they're not quite on the level. Like, give them an energy to try to elevate them as much as possible. Absolutely. Don't vibe them and be like, how dare you come up here Absolutely. on this on this stage? Because, you know, honoring the bandstand is different for different people with different experience, different ages, different, you know, I don't like when, like, older players sometimes that are having trouble because they haven't been playing a long time, but they want to be part of it. I think you meet people where they are as much as possible. But that doesn't mean you, I, I don't know that you have to have a totally vibe-free situation all the time. We can't promise that because there is a lot of learning. I mean, for me, I got vibed on gigs for sure. Yeah. And, like, you know, your experience with sitting in and stuff. And I think that there is a certain amount of encourage, I mean, of encouragement for yourself in terms that you can give yourself after that. Like, no, I care about this enough that even though I got vibed, I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. I'm going to go back and practice. I'm going to get better. I'm going to come back and vibe them with my great playing. That's a, a fire that can be ignited that I, I want young players to still have, I do hopefully. Think, yeah, I do think that the, the benefits of kind of like surviving vibing is that you can survive. Like, nothing's worse than when an audience is vibing you. Yeah. And that's your ultimate right. That's your ultimate judge Ooh, of what you're doing. I just doing. written that down. Vibe from the audience. That might be more important. It's more important. Yeah. And if you know, you need to be able to understand that and work your way through that and not be affected by that. Yeah, for sure. It'll happen. It'll happen. Right. You'll be playing a gig where you're not wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes that just means you're not really noticed. That's a vibe too. Yeah, it could be a vibe. Don't think that like, oh, I got I got through this gig without being vibe. Well, were you not not vibed? Were yeah. you were they clapping for you? Were they giving you energy? Because no vibe is bad from an audience, you know. Yeah. 
But I'm, you know, I, let's I think move on before we get into more. No, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. No, no. Uh, no I, I so vibe free sessions. Are we thumbs up or thumbs down on them? I think we're thumbs up on them. I think okay. do what you need to do. Do whatever you know yeah. helps you to. I agree. To get better, and I like I like where I like the trend of that. And sure. I would just say that though, for like, if you do want to keep progressing. Put yourself. It's fine to go to to, to but don't be don't be exclusive exclusive vibe free sessions. At least one out of ten jam sessions go to a vibing potential session yeah. because that'll bring something else in you too. Like we don't need to be as players always in the most comfortable situation because it's harder to grow like that. Now totally. don't go to somewhere where it's going to be so discouraging you're going to want to quit or whatever. But that's also on you. Like your connection with the music has to be strong enough in order to like. You know, you got to care about vibing yourself or not vibing yourself more than anything. You know, if you go to a vibe free session and you sound bad and you go home saying, "Well, nobody vibed me, so I must have sounded good." There's something wrong with that too. You know who's the ultimate viber? But in jazz, oh, yeah. you know, we play all the notes, twelve notes of the scale. John Goodman, shit, not three chords on a ukulele. That's yeah. vibing. That's <laughs> that's, a, that's vibing. a definition of vibing. That's vibing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. So there was some chatter on the jazz piano subreddit. Shout out to uh, all our jazz piano subredditors out there. What is uh, that? I don't even know what that is. You know, Reddit, the yeah. the worldwide the famous. Yeah. Uh, so it's <laughs> worldwide famous. You know how Reddit works? You know who the founder of Reddit is? Yeah, he's uh, Serena Williams' husband. <laughs> so he's kind of like he's had some good accomplishments, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the in the getting married and discovering, I mean, he's he's is doing it more right. of an accomplishment to found Reddit <laughs> or to marry Serena Williams. I, mean, I think it both, might be the latter. They're both top level in their own areas. So yeah, it's I mean, pretty like, good. Like that's high level marrying yep. Serena. So uh, no, there's a great uh, active jazz piano subreddit, and and there was a question specifically regarding open studio courses, which I thought we could Ooh. kind of address. Which was, do I need to be able to read sheet music to take open studio courses yes and then what's so great about this is we have so many great open studio members who are all active on all of these things and they like came right in and had lots of great informed answers so thank you everybody for addressing this person's question but we can talk about a little bit here too if you're on the fence if you're wondering about like uh do you need to and and we don't it doesn't have to be open studio courses right just just to to learn learn music jazz jazz piano do you need the answer is like no you do not any skill can help with this yeah but you definitely don't need to learn how know how to to sight read music or to read big thick piano music (laughs) like the book is thick or the notes are thick. the notes are thick like (laughs) big old like to be able to read yeah exactly (laughs) oh we hit it but uh no you don't need to be able to be a great uh, reader of music to learn how to play jazz piano at all. Right. I mean, isn't it like, do you need to be able to read the printed page in order to be a great poet? No. No, not necessarily. But it might become a part of it. For yeah, you know, It's to likely re- going to become a part of it. Being able to read poetry would probably be beneficial, but you could right. also just go listen to a bunch of people yeah. reciting poetry and get uh, added benefits. And so specifically with Open Studio, I think their confusion was, you know, we have a lot of notation, which right. we love to provide because there are people who are coming from classical. There are people who, who never improvised. So it sort of takes some of the fear away from them. They're like, oh, I feel comfortable here. Right. There's notation with what's going on. We have our living notation system, which is sound slice that we embed in pretty much all of our courses at this right. point. There's some level of that. And that's very helpful for those people. However, if you do not read music, don't feel it's necessary. And in fact, what a lot of people on Reddit were saying, which is something that we we say often in the courses, yes. is that we have the notation here if you need it, but we encourage you to just use your ears at right. first. I, yeah, totally agree. And I think actually one thing that's misunderstood about this um, but can be very encouraging when you come to to learn anything new, especially when you're not learning it at what could be seen as a more intuitive age, like 
three or four or five where you're just jumping into something. Like if you're jumping into the water to learn how to swim or whatever, you're not worried about like what stroke you're just learning, you know, or, or like breathing or what you're doing something potentially on a more instinctual level. So once you get past being a child and, and learning something, there's such a potential to over intellectualize, overthink, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis um, that what we find works really good. And what I've, I mean, what's been proven out from, you know, talking to a number of wonderful jazz musicians from the very highest levels, you know, professional to just really, really good amateur players is that not only do you not, ha it, it, can you decouple the skill of reading music or sight reading, which is really another thing from even being able to read music, but that at the beginner level and even into the intermediate level, reading music is actually can be a barrier unless you're very careful about how you calibrate the your interaction with it. That's right. So it, it hopefully can be a very encouraging thing for people in, in terms of like when you come to something and you don't, you, you you know, we always think about like, well, what do I not know how to do and what's going to be my handicap into going into this? This is a perceived handicap that's actually the opposite of that in terms of like when you come to learn jazz, if you're not reading very well, you have an advantage. That's right. If you learn the right way. That's right. And so, and, and but don't get that, don't get it twisted and think that that means that if you are able to read music, that that's a handicap. Or that you shouldn't learn to read music. Or that you shouldn't, yeah. right. It can actually work either way. It's just that you have a little bit of advantage because you don't have to sublimate that skill as you learn in order to train your ears. So it's a very interesting thing, and I'm glad people are kind of talking about it. And, and I think that, you know, I think back to, well, you know, I came up in the Suzuki method. I'm a big proponent of that, and that has nothing to do with jazz, but I think it's a wonderful method. I was just talking to some young parents. For those of you who don't know, that method starts with ear training. Starts with ear training. It starts by learning everything by ear. Yeah. Learning in an age where we kind of be potentially de debilitating, or at least you know, counter to progressing on the on the on the violin. In the case I actually learned it on violin before piano, um, where you're so young that you have an ability to kind of absorb and to imitate and learn an instrument at a pretty amazing level. As I mean, you can go on YouTube and put in Suzuki young you know, amazing kid and see incredible stuff, but they can't read any music yet, Yeah. you know? And, and had they learned music, that would have slowed them down. So we think, oh, that's just for little genius kids. No, if you read Nurtured by Love by Sinichi Suzuki, and it's very clearly laid out how this is for anybody. You have to nurture children. We have to nurture ourselves to become adolescents and toddlers, adolescents, adults or whatever that have musical sensitivity and a connection with our heartbeat and all these things, that we can actually all do that. And a lot of times that's decoupling this whole reading music thing. So I think it's, it's a fascinating thing. I've thought about it a lot in yeah. different, different ways of approaching music. That's great. Uh, let's move on here to an event from this past week that, man, I really want to check out, which is, you know, the bassist and insanely yes. great artist based in memphis tennessee mono neon right and i just how did i i guess i did know he was from memphis i didn't know he was still based there but i'm, I'm a huge fan and have been i've he, got this actually pulled up he like. just played the national anthem sang and played on the bass the national anthem at the memphis grizzlies game which you were just down there right not for this it. game unfortunately no but you just i was, I was gonna just say in the building just missed it yeah let's check this out but this is one of the probably the coolest and most unique national anthems since Jimi hendrix right at woodstock and memphis's own mono neon Love it already. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What's so swinging, man? 
Wah wah pedal, right? Looks like it. Yep. And bright stars through the perilous, the perilous over rabbits. Rabbits. Fully knit, quilted. <laughs> he has a quilt on his head. Knitted, a knitted balaclava and a fully knitted <laughs> outfit. I love your terminology. Oh, strong groove, strong time. That's so strong. A time clinic. Uh. She's Louise. I love this arrangement. This is gutsy to go go rubato at this point. Uh, well, he wants to bring it That's home great. in a way that is landing, which I think is good. Yeah. That was killing. That was killing. I'm a fan. That was really good. So good. And I mean, you know what was cool about that too was, um, yeah, the arrangement. How he started out with, you know, with well, he had that little bit of a kind of uh, um, out of time intro. Yeah. Which is which is a great way to get in when you're in. Look, whenever you do, I've seen great performance performers do the national anthem and like seasoned performers it's nerve-wracking because it's so different it's and not. a lot of times they're forcing them to play to a track he wasn't there i'm sure yeah but at least have like a backup track like there's a lot of stuff going on the sound is whack you know it's bouncing back it, at you. have you ever done it no have you never? Uh, i've accompanied i've accompanied a couple singers doing some pretty big national anthems nice um and uh but the the biggest one i ever did we actually pre-recorded. Hey. Am I allowed to say? Everybody knows this stuff yeah, is pre-recorded yeah, uh, for the for the Olympics in Salt Lake City. Oh yeah, the, uh, the Diane Reese sang at the opening ceremonies. Two thousand two, two thousand. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and she was out on ice and the whole thing as she, as she did it, wow. and she was just like, "I want to sing it," um, you know, live, and they were like. A billion people are watching this. You can sing whatever you want, but yeah. we need it pre-recorded in case something happens, you right, know, right, and we're right. going to mix it in and out. And I think a lot of times they do it on those really big productions, so we just went in and recorded. But it's, uh, yeah, no, but he did this great technique for anyone who's in a situation, just play a few chords to kind of, I don't know, maybe he planned that, but he just played that a little bit at the beginning yeah. before he went right into it, you know, which is so cool. Just if and you, then it hit the time. If like, you've ever done it on a big stadium like that, it is so weird. Because it's not like you're playing a show at a big stadium yeah. and you have like in your monitors or whatever. Right. You don't get to hear yourself very well. Right. You're just hearing it swirl. Have you done it at right? the baseball at the Bush Stadium? I've been... Uh, I've been on the field when Aaron Bodie was singing it. Yeah. I wasn't a part of it. She just had extra Same. field passes. So I was just down there and I, right. it was like weird. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. What you're hearing back is strange. And then I, we did it, uh, the 442s, my band did it for the St. Louis Blues game, the hockey game. Okay. Which is probably about equivalent to that as yep. far as size. Arena size. And we were playing, uh, this like, you know, where it's, it's a string thing. So like, uh, it was, that, that was actually really cool because I did an arrangement that was like very like, 
aggressive kind yeah. of, which I think works with that crowd for right. sure. But uh, it was still weird because you're just hearing it slap back at you, you know, seconds later, like two seconds later. Did the four of you get it at, when you finished it? Did you guys get into a fight on the ice? Yeah, doesn't yeah. that typically happen? Yeah, I pulled Bjorn's jersey over his head and <laughs> threw a couple of haymakers. Yeah, right, right. Well, that was cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Big shout out to Model Neon for sure. Yeah, I mean, so he's somebody I think that doesn't get enough. I mean, a lot of people know him, and he gets, you know, just because of his his uh, his outfits I think he's and brilliant, his man. look. A lot of people think it's a gimmick, but like he's such a great player. You know, one of wow. my my most favorite bands, like my top five bands of all time, is is Parliament Funkadelic. Those yeah. projects. I think he's. I think he's ever heard of them. Yeah. So like, <laughs> or seen me, them. For me, I'm just so happy that people yeah. are still. Funky. I think the the rest of the stuff we can save till next time. I hate to even say that because we got to talk about what we promised them. Is that okay? Yeah. Why are you looking at me funny? I'm not looking at okay. you. Okay. We got to talk about the gentleman and ladies agreement. Gentleman's agreement. Do you know about this? Let's do it. Okay. No, do you know what the gentleman's ag and ladies I agree. agreement is? I'm agreeing. <laughs> this is, for those of you that are new to the pod, uh, I'm going to get a little bit serious. Can I put my serious cap on here? Sure. I got my serious cap on. Social bubble. Is that a serious cap, though? That doesn't look like a <laughs> serious, a serious cap. cap. Um, That's a nice one. Is that new? This is new. Yeah, it looks yeah, good. Yeah. We'll talk about it after the pot because we're talking about the gentleman and the okay. ladies' agreement. Okay. This is when you guys agree. Okay, the reason this gentleman comes out of gentleman's agreement is because you're not here to shake our hand. We're not here to have you sign something. This is... This is how in the old days they would do before there was DocuSign. Okay. We're not going to email the, our listeners anything. No. But you're here listening. If you made it this far in the podcast, you've gotten some of that. We, we dropped some value bombs today, right? I would like to Well, think if not so. today, the last episode I would like for to sure. Think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so all we ask for you, we don't even ask. This is a requirement. This is part of the agreement. We require for you to go to YouTube. Okay. You, YouTube. Because I figured out this is the easiest thing for people to do. Go okay. to YouTube, find the You'll Hear It podcast. You're right. going to have to be able to spell. What That's if part on of the YouTube. Gentleman's. People are watching right now. If you're watching right now, you're going to subscribe. Okay. You're going to press like. And if you've already done that, you're going to leave a comment saying, General's agreement done or ladies' agreement done. So you leave a comment saying, Gentleman's agreement done. Gentleman slash ladies' agreement or, or whatever you want. Okay. Let, let them choose. Okay. Yeah. Agreement done. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, no, but I'm sure. <laughs> Why not? Because we're because we've already put this out there for them, and the reason is we're trying to grow the YouTube channel. We're also if you want to like leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we encourage that as well. That takes a little more effort, so we're not requiring that as part of the. I'm just saying it's the most open studio thing ever. Literally, what you're describing here is how content is made and produced and spread is right. that people put up free content and then other people like and subscribe and open studio i.e. you and me are putting a new we're putting a new name twist on it and we did steal this but i found out who i stole this from i wasn't going to mention them i stole this from another podcast that i like but i found they talked about the gentleman's agreement i was like okay. we're stealing this okay but it turns out they stole it from another podcast they admitted so it's not stealing anymore right it's just part of the uh, part of the culture it's now. part of our gentleman's agreement so okay. anyway until next time you'll hear it <laughs> <laughs>